So welcome to the Coaching Culture Podcast today. My name's Joe Wright, and today I'm speaking to the wonderful Toby Fauston, CEO of Robert Walters and Walters People. Thank you, Toby, for joining us today. My pleasure. And we're going to talk today about organizational culture, trust. You've got a huge role out there in Singapore, and I know you're moving back to the UK soon, which is, which is brilliant to have you back over here. It'd be lovely if you could share today for our listeners a little bit more about yourself and your story and what and who you are, what you do at, at Robert Walters, because I think people love to know about other people and, you know, who are you? Sure. Yeah, no problems. So firstly, thanks for having me. I really appreciate you inviting me. Um, so, well, I mean, I'm, I'm a 46-year-old man, father of three. Um, we And I'm English. That's where I grew up. I actually grew up uh, down in Somerset, so I... I I, without knowing it at the time, a lot of what I guess I use now is stuff that I, I probably picked up from my parents, actually. So I grew up on a stud farm with uh, lots of horses. and I called it Noah's Ark. It was dogs and horses and cats and goats and all sorts. And, um, and I had a you know, wonderful childhood. And I remember, um, so we probably had about 150 horses at any one time on the stud farm. Wow. And my father and mother, um, you know, they worked incredibly hard. But I'll, I'll never forget every evening my father would sit down. Um, he'd have a, sort of his one glass of whiskey and he'd start his calls because people treat their horses almost like their children. And in some cases, even more important than their own children. And it's a, there's a real responsibility that my father always took to phone. He'd always make certain he phoned the clients at least once a week. So every night he'd have a rotor of calls and he would just phone and let them know how their horse is and how their horse is getting on. And, and he would often get me and my two brothers out of bed at sort of five o'clock in the morning and help walk the horses. And there was a sort of a, without knowing it, he was building in, I guess, this sort of hard work culture. And yeah. I reflect back on it now and I realize just, uh, yeah, that service that he gave back to, to his clients, I guess. Um, and how importantly he took that as well. Um, so I then, I left home, I, I went to university, I, I studied law, I became, uh, I was not a good lawyer, but I became a solicitor, qualified solicitor. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I left the day I qualified with the sort of blessing of my law partner who, who yeah. sort of coached me through those two years. And then I joined this company called Robert Walters. And I was, uh, it was 1999, okay, so 22 years ago. Wow. And uh, it was, uh, I didn't even know you could have a career recruitment. I, I was completely unaware of that. And uh, I came into this office in, in London and I was just blown away by the, the energy. And I, you know, I'd grown up in a sort of a, a small provincial law firm. And suddenly there's all these people and there's boards and there's noise and energy. And I thought, this is, this is great. And, uh, and that's really how it, how it started. And, um, you know, over that, 22 year period. You know, I worked obviously in London until 2012 and then got the opportunity to move to Singapore. Um, and then that became Southeast Asia and then that became APAC and, and obviously more recently the, the job here. So I sort of reflect and think where I've come from and the, the opportunities I've been afforded. Um, I sometimes sort of forget just how fortunate I've been. Oh, it sounds like um, it sounds a fabulous career. And I'm sure that you've also made that happen. Uh, you may have been fortunate, but you've been the one who's made that happen. And actually, I suppose making that leap out of law was probably quite a, an important point in time. Yeah, I, I knew that I wasn't very good at it, if I'm honest. And um, I remember at the time, uh, some friends of mine said, you should look at recruitment. And uh, I went to meet uh, Robert Walters. We, we always do sort of 
seven or eight interviews, one after another, because yeah. it's all about the connection you're yeah. getting, you're working with. And, um, and I just knew, I just walked out of there and thought, that's a company I want to work for. And I worked for a guy uh, who was a, an ex-teacher, actually, a chap called Jeremy. And uh, yeah, he was a great sort of mentor, very simple sort of training styles. You're going to sit with me for three months, apart from when I go to the loo or bed, and you're just going to listen and do all the things I ask you to do. Uh, he'd never answer my question. He'd always make me think about the answer. Oh, answer I like me. him already. <laughs> and uh, and it was fantastic. And I had a, yeah, it was just a great induction. And uh, I mean, I've been there, as I say, for the last 22 years. And I think the other thing actually is that he gave me a bit of advice, which was always, you know, whatever opportunity you get presented with, just take it, go for it. Don't overthink it. Um, and I think moving to Singapore, and I've got a, you know, my wife as well to thank for that because she was hugely supportive. And uh, that just opened up a whole different world in terms of just how I looked at things and considered things. And, and it's, been, it's been a wonderful experience. Oh, fantastic. What a fabulous introduction. And I love that kind of take the opportunity. You know, I always think about that. Take, take the opportunity and figure it out later. Figure yeah. it out later. Just get that opportunity because who knows where it may go. And, you know, that sounds that he sounds a great mentor and, and great advice from Jeremy for sure. So thank you for that. Tell us. So obviously, Robert Walters, huge global recruitment company. You know, we've had um, a number of conversations here at Coaching Culture with Robert Walters in terms of um, the culture. And I interviewed one of your colleagues, Indy, for the magazine last year. And something really special, you know, it sparked something real, real inside me. And I knew that we were very aligned in our sort of thinking, our philosophies of people, leadership, what matters. Um, and... And how Indy spoke to me was with such passion. I'd love you to share, you know, you've got a huge role over there. I'd love you to share um, what is special and unique about Robert Walters and, and how have you done that? Sure. So it, it's quite difficult, actually, because obviously I've only ever worked at Robert Walters. So I guess I am one of those institutionalized people, yeah. maybe. But, yeah. um, so I can't compare it with sort of five other companies I've worked for. But I think... Thinking about, you know, why is it I've stayed at Robert Walters? I mean, I've never even interviewed for another job, which yeah. sad or not, I'm not sure. But the reason that I've stayed, we don't make anything. We don't manufacture anything. We, we, we don't have a, a, a product as such. So we're obviously about people. Um, I think throughout my career, I've been very fortunate. I've always had uh, bosses who have given me a large degree of autonomy. Yeah. Uh, I think we generally are not a particularly ego-driven culture. I mean, I remember we were trying to think about sort of purpose statements and how we define this. I, at one point, I mean, we didn't get ahead with it, but I loved that the, the, the All Blacks, um, I hope I don't offend anyone saying this, but I think the All Blacks policy, and it's in their legacy book, was no dickheads allowed. <laughs> yes, um, I, see that, I see that a few times actually written around. Now, uh, yeah, we didn't, we couldn't apply that one, but... <laughs> My my growing up at Royal Waters was just really good people, and also it was an, and it still is a lot of fun. Um, and I think the fun element has been really challenged in the last eighteen yeah. months. For, for, I think for everybody, with, yeah. with clearly what's gone on. Um, we've always sort of looked at the international exposure. I mean, we're a business that uh, that obviously do send people around the world, and we've had you know, obviously we've got hundreds of people that have had that opportunity. Um, and for me, it's it's always been around 
we hire these people that come from all sorts of different backgrounds and we often actually hire people from industries so not necessarily from recruitment backgrounds okay. and i think what's made us unique is um you know if i think about the the autonomy that we're given the international opportunities i think the fun element is a massive part of it we're not you know we're not sort of a, we're not a big company i mean we're three, three and a half thousand yeah. people and i think we've we've been allowed to maintain some identity in terms of how we operate you know it's not sort of i mean clearly there's governance and so forth yeah. but it's not it's not completely stifling um and, and that's really it and and it's just every day i mean there's obviously some bad days but generally i wake up and i think shifting jobs as well is, is the other thing i think i've done nine or ten different jobs yeah um and i made a decision in my career that uh when i was a, a bit younger that it would either be going down the sort of the, the managerial leadership yeah. route or, or I could have stayed as a sort of just as a consultant yeah. dealing with recruitment. And the I clients. wanted to learn, yeah, the clients and stuff. And I wanted to learn how to build a business and run a business. Well, it sounds like you've done a great job. And what do you mean when you say fun? Tell me what fun means to Robert Walters then. I, I, I'm definitely, there's lots of words you've already said that I'll definitely pick back up on. But tell me what fun means, because fun is different things to different people, teams, cultures. Um, I mean, in lockdown, we've kind of acquired the words forced fun Friday um, just out of to to make people laugh more than anything in terms of actually we're going to do things to lighten the mood, cheer people up. Um, and it's not kind of you will have fun, but, you know, we just coined the frame forced fun Friday because we did things like video calls with quizzy, you know, the things to get people trying to talk on a on a call. What does fun mean to Robert Walters with a global organization? Yeah. And I mean, so when I first joined, I mean, for me personally, you know, I came from London. So it was very, yeah, it, was, it was the old sort of, you know, go to the pub, have some drinks, all that yeah. stuff. But actually, I mean, that's, it's less about that, I think, globally for our organization. I mean, uh, the, the region I've been in, Asia Pacific, I mean, food is at the absolute epicenter of almost everything. Yeah. Um, I think uh, we have a lot of sort of wellness campaigns. We have running clubs. We have kite clubs. We have, I was looking at our Dubai business the other day. Um, they're one of the few offices that are sort of back now working globally. They, they have a golf evening where the whole office goes out. I think, I think initially the sort of on screen drinks thing was, a, was, a, was, was, was working, but I think people got a bit tired of that. Yes. Um, and then it became sort of check-in walks. I was talking to the lady who runs our Belgian business. Yeah. You know, they'd often go for just a walk around the park and do their meetings as they're having a coffee and sat on a park bench. So there's a, there's a myriad of different things. And I think one of the things that's really important is actually, and I believe in this as well, is actually saying to people, you know, what, what do you want to do? What is it that actually, it's not, it's not me instructing people and telling them how to feel. Uh, it's, what is it that you think your team want to do? Brilliant. And we've had painting competition. I mean, there's been a whole range wow. of different. So, I mean, we're fortunate. We're, we're generally, we're quite an energetic company. Um, and I think we've got a lot of quite creative people. So, yeah, I think it has been compromised. Obviously, it's been hard. We haven't been together. And I think, uh, you know, we are generally best as an organization when we are together. Okay, so this year has obviously challenged that for, for so many organizations. It does sound an amazing place to work. It really does. And, you know, it's the sort of culture that I think, you know, I get to speak to lots of different organizations and it seems to be the culture that they're aspiring for. Um, 
on so many levels because once you've got the people engaged and enjoying the work and having fun the rest follows um Mm. and it sounds like you know i just love it i mean painting competition i definitely would not have um, succeeded at that to be fair but i I certainly know people in our team would would have done who are great at cartoons and things but you know just going for walks and talks it's lovely rather than stifling the opposite of all of this is stifling people in a in a in a room in a box and and that's the opposite so this is why I've got you to speak to us today because I think so many other organizations need to hear what you're saying which is lovely and in terms of the culture it sounds fun you talked about autonomy which again I think is a hugely important factor in culture in in building an organizational culture but where there's autonomy there needs to be trust how do you work on that when I I remember when I first uh, was so firstly for me it's about doing what I say uh, me doing that and um, I I like to think that probably the style which I operate with is is uh, not it's that old adage isn't it have they performed yet yes they have okay now we'll trust them (laughs) rather than perhaps looking going well hang on we've 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 invited this person into our company and they thankfully have accepted which is great so that's the point at which surely the trust begins yeah with that you hope the performance will follow because i think generally people they feel trusted they feel that they are being given that you know that autonomy then generally that tends to get the best out of people in my opinion Uh, it was very interesting though when i first moved to asia i remember uh, a lady i was working with the time this was day one and i sat down with them we were working quite closely together and i i I didn't know her. She didn't know me. And I just said that the, the most important thing is, is, you know, you and I really need to trust one another from day one. Yep. And, um, and she just said to me, she goes, Toby, I, I agree, but just remember, um, particularly in Asia, yes can mean yes. And yes can mean no. And you've got to work out which one it is. Whoa. And, that's, oh, not yeah. <laughs> that's not helpful. That's not helpful. Wow. Okay. This is, this is going to be complicated. Um, but also I think about the performance you're trying to create. And, uh, you know, I think it's about trying to create an environment where people feel they, they can speak up. They are allowed an opinion. They, they can have an opinion. I think it's healthy that people feel that they can be, um, they can express their views. You don't have to agree with it and that's okay. You know, healthy debates, perfectly normal. I think probably more so in the last 18 months, you know, there've been a lot of, I think we've all asked ourselves a lot of questions around, you know, how we lead in this type of environment, yeah. how we lead virtually, are we pressing people too hard? Are we not pressing people enough? Are they okay? Um, yeah. Actually, you know, these sort of checking conversations, you know, we've absolutely had people that have really struggled yeah. over the last 18 months. Yeah. And I think, you know, the ability for people to just say, no, I'm not okay, actually. Um, I'm finding this really tough. Yeah. And you know, and, and actually you mentioned Indy, Indy, Indy's been brilliant at, at sort of helping us. And yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's an evolution for us. And I think we're starting to learn a bit more around, you know, how we do lead in this type of environment. I think the other thing is, and I, it sounds very sort of contrite, but fundamentally just good manners. Um, and the thank yous, the pleases. I remember going to, I won't say where, but it's one of our offices. This was a few years ago. And I remember walking in and it was very quiet. No one was really saying anything, and and you know generally we were we were doing okay in the office. And then the next morning, I walked in with the uh, with the, the guy who's running the office, and he didn't didn't say a word to anybody. Cool. Good morning, nothing at all. And it became very clear that that was just that was the 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 mood that was being set. 
from from the beginning of the day and it just lasted throughout the yeah. whole day yeah well, so yeah it, it's incredibly important and it it doesn't always automatically come but i think if the intention is that you know i want to trust from day one and I behave in that way and give people that autonomy, I think that's a, a good starting point. And obviously, <clears throat> trust is something that you feel, you know, you can't kind of touch it. You know, how does that come through in people at Robert Walters? You know, when they join from day one, how do they know that's what's, you know, kind of, that's the culture? How, how does it kind of come about in reality? Yeah, I think, I mean, the way we interview is we tend to get, um, so, I mean, obviously we get various people involved. Um, I'm always very keen on actually people in the team going out for a bite to eat with the individual that are joining. Lovely. And actually I always encourage the person to say, just, it's not really an interview. It's a, it's just a conversation. Um, but I'll encourage them to say, look, we've got nothing to hide. Ask them. Yeah. Ask them what the environment's like. Um, you need to be really comfortable. Um, you know, here are the expectations, and uh, best you hear it from them. You know, do you know anybody who used to work at Robert Walters? Yes, I do. Okay, great. Speak to them first before you accept anything. Yep. Uh, trying to strip away any sort of there's something being hidden here. Yep. Um, I think that's a, a critical point. I think the the actual whole interview process is, I think, also incredibly important. Um, and remembering that it's a it's it's a two-way process we're not we're not just interviewing the person that they're, they're kind of interviewing us as well absolutely um and you know sort of really getting into the questions around you know are they, what are they concerned around what are they worried about um but the consistency is probably the final thing consistency of mood and i think um yeah and it, it is really difficult and i found it difficult you know you i've got three young children you've got that and then you're having an important conversation which is their time, you know, the person you're talking to, it's their conversation and really thinking about trying to get present for that conversation when you've just had a blazing row with your daughter um, and sort of stepping back going just, and in my head, I'm always thinking, just just be consistent, Toby, with them. I think it's important that they, they, they can trust the fact that when they speak to me, I'm going to be calm, listening, engaged, yeah, and that takes that does take some some focus to to make certain that I'm I'm trying to be in that space all the time. That sounds brilliant, and and I think you know, in being present is something that you know is increasingly important. That's you know, giving somebody your time, your attention, your focus, as you've just said, um, can get so much more back. But actually, with so much going on, like you said, you've got three daughters, you've just had a row, you know, so much going on in the world. You, you know, the phone might be flashing next to you with notifications. You're like, no, turn that over, turn that off. It's so much going on. But to actually give people the presence, your presence and your time, um, I think is part of building trust, which I think is, you know, sounds so important at Robert Walters, which is lovely. And what about further throughout the organisation? So leaders and managers, you know, it's clear that you're role modelling this at the very top of the organization you know how does this kind of get wider and wider yeah i mean obviously there is a degree of osmosis um yeah. which i think happens uh, and i'm not saying we're perfect far from it you know we, we absolutely have our faults as an organization i think um i think how you talk about people is really important as well um, and I think supporting one another. I mean, we, we've you know we've all made mistakes, particularly in the last uh, two years. Yeah. And actually, knowing that you know you've got people's backs publicly, and, and also when they're not present as well. Yeah. I think that's 
that's a factor. Um, one of the things which I feel very strongly about in our organization is, is collaboration. And I don't, I think perhaps in parts of our business, we can get better at that. You know, we've got some amazing people who have done some amazing things and other people who could really use the support from these individuals who are, by the way, very willing to help. They just don't know. Yeah. Actually, you know, one of the points is just trying to connect people within our company. And I'm very fortunate. I've been here a long time, so I know obviously quite a few people in the company. And you know where the sort of the, the good energy is coming. Yeah. And it's sort of thinking about, well, how can I get this person who's really struggling just to talk to that individual? And it, it is just, as I say, a conversation. It could be nothing more than that. Um, I think uh, I think we've done a lot in our, um, our talent development business, yeah. which is not something necessarily that we've done historically. And I think the last, uh, the last, certainly the last two years, you know, we've, we've invested a lot of time in individual coaching at the leadership level as well. Um, and then um, I think the final thing is, of course, just making certain that we're consistent and whether it's tough times or not, trying to recognize that, you know, it's, it's not easy and, and it can't always be about work. And do you share with people you know, like you're sharing openly here and lots of people will hear you speaking. Do you share with others, you know, when you're finding it tough? Kind of who, who where does that go? Because being the yeah. CEO of a, of a large organisation, sometimes it can be lonely at the top, I guess. I, I didn't used to. I was very, very bad at it. Um, no other reason than I just thought it's boring for people to hear it. Um, but somebody said to me, which just stuck with me, ever since they said it, it's about five years ago, said, Toby, if you're not willing to, to share any of your you know, weaknesses or sensitivities, or whatever it might be, downtimes, you can't expect people to share back with you. And because I was asking them, you know, they won't say anything to me. I, I keep asking the crowd. I'm obviously not getting something right here. And actually what I experienced was, and of course I have down days, um, absolutely. And I think, you know, I, I don't, I don't necessarily volunteer at all time, but I think if people are asking me, I, I have no problem being very honest about that. Brilliant. So that's vulnerability in action in a, in a good way, but learning through not pe people not giving you stuff because you went back again, that to me, that's, I call it kind of, um, swapping the trust cards. You know, you're, you share that card, you'll get, you'll get a card back. And it's like, to me, there's, there's something so important about, you know, back to that authentic, you know, I, I it boils down to hum being humans and we've got so much that you know we talk about here a lot that you bring to work it's not you don't just turn up at work as a different person you've got a whole lot of stuff going on in the background and it will impact kind of how you feel at work and actually I think the role for leaders and managers is really to be able to tap into that you know with and you know not wanting to use all the buzzwords but it's true emotional intelligence and you know being authentic and so it sounds like you you've you do that in abundance through being told that you needed to share. Yeah, and and to be honest with you, I mean, it's obviously there's areas I need to work on it in my role. And I mean, one of the the big, and it was really quite confronting actually, was when um, I got some feedback from my team, and this was uh, maybe two years ago. And you know, obviously, I've had it verbally in the past, but it was written written down on paper in front of me. And I read it, I thought, wow, okay. Some of it I was aware of, some of it I perhaps wasn't so aware of. Yeah. Some of it I didn't agree with, and I was yeah. struggling to come to turn that, and okay. I actually sat down with my wife and said, can you read this? <laughs> Is this me? Said, yes, yes, or, or no, no, actually I don't agree with that. And 
but actually that was that was a really helpful exercise for me because it was just a, a kind of a, a reassurance on some things and something to address in other areas as well. Super. So you get me onto feedback then. Wow. I mean, I often talk about coaching being the silver bullet, but I think it has to be wrapped up with honest, truthful, positive, well, respectful feedback given in the right way. Um, and, and I know at Robert Walters, feedback is hugely important. Um, you know, how, how does that, kind of come about throughout the organization because you know we work with some organizations that are um, reluctant to focus on feedback frightened of what's going to be said and and I sort mm. of think how can you learn how can you improve how can you develop and be the best you can be as an organization as a team as an individual without knowing those things that other people are thinking and knowing that your impact on others so how does it you know how do you kind of make that part and parcel of the culture at Robert Walters? I think this is an area that we need to continue to improve in. Yeah. I think we're not great at it in a number of areas, actually. Okay. I mean, we have the traditional uh, appraisals yeah. and you know appraisals and, and, and all the rest of that, which, which is very helpful and yeah. it's really good. But the really meaningful conversations, and by virtue of the role I'm in, there, there, there are things, obviously, that I'll often hear, but you know, there'll, be, there'll be a trust that I don't want to, um, to undermine. There'll be some confidentiality around yeah. it. There'll be people asking me just for advice or thoughts. Yeah. And often I'm sat here going, you know, how can we get that person talking to that person? Because a conversation will make a huge amount of difference. And I think it's about trying to encourage people to, 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 to play that conversation through in their own head and to be brave and to recognize, well, you know, if you don't have the conversation, what could happen? Uh, versus if you do have the conversation, what could happen? Um, and it's not easy, you know, and I think people are, some people are very comfortable doing that. Some are not. Some see it as being sort of disrespectful or yeah. that they're worried about it or that they might be worried about a consequence. And, you know, one of the things that I really want to continue to focus on is creating an environment where it's okay. It's absolutely fine to have that conversation. And and actually, you know, I really encourage it. It's not going to be simple. It will take time because I think traditionally as an organization, we haven't always been great at that particular part. And I think we're getting better at it. Yeah, okay. Great. I mean, there's so much richness in what you're what you're describing here. And do, in terms of, obviously, you've got a move back to the UK coming up next week. Yeah. You know, how? what about the learnings then from Singapore and your role out there bringing to the UK? What What's going to... What's going to be either same, different? How's that going to be? Yeah, I think when I when I came out to, and the only advice I give to anyone is when I came out from what was London, obviously at the time, to Asia, I thought, yeah, I'm going to come in and just keep my mouth shut and just listen um, and and learn because there was an awful amount that I had to learn, and 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 that's what I did, and and I was very fortunate. I had some very good people that um, when I joined Singapore in 2013. I think going back, I hope what I'm able to do is to provide some real balance around actually what's going on. I mean, it's, it's a, the world is very complicated and it's vast. And there are so many sort of nuances and different. I mean, ultimately, we're a recruitment company, so it's mm -hmm. not it's fundamentally different. But how each business operates, um, yeah, we talk a lot about cult culture, not just within our own, own organization, but culturally within each of the countries. There's yeah. absolutely differences there. And I think it's the ability to be able to come back and, and, and I think this is where I can and do have value is actually being able to say, you, you just need to be aware of 
that part of the world and what goes on there or this part of the world and what's happening here. Um, and of course, you know, where I can, working as closely with local leadership. And I think one of the things I think we've done quite well, actually, as a business is that we do empower local leadership. It, it doesn't, it's not a sort of London says yeah. type business. Um, I think probably in the past, perhaps that has happened at times. Yeah. And I think over time we've realized actually, you know, we've got to entrust local leadership who we've hired, who we trust to, to make some of these decisions uh, and do it on what we think is right for the business in that part of the world. So from next week then, what will your new role be there in London? What's, what's the, the next challenge for you? So, um, so I'm going back, I've got to, it's been quite complicated. So we, we, first thing is, is actually we've got to move into a house. Um, yeah, that's so important. That's, that's kind of quite important to the family. <laughs> see, see family, which would be great. And then um, I actually have some time with, uh, with my CEO, uh, Rob, yeah. um, and our CFO, which, is, which I'm really looking forward to because I haven't seen them for well, nearly 18 months. Right. Um, so that's going to be good to actually see some other human beings. Um, <laughs> And yeah, and I think then it'll be about sitting down. We, we've got some key objectives that we want to focus on and, and talk through, which we will. I think then it will be about um, settling back into the UK. And obviously, there's a lot of people that I haven't seen for a long time. Um, a lot of our group functional leaders yeah. and spending some time with them. Um, and the, the role continues. I mean, I've already started this role sort of three months ago. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're focused a lot around. Uh, improving our customer experience yeah. and that's very very important in terms of us as an organization um, i'm particularly focused around our leadership development and our Sweet. training programs as well and we're, we're looking at how we can support our business better yeah. um, i think there's going to be things that i'm going to be uh, learning as well in terms of the new role um, you know we're doing an awful lot within ESG at the moment, and I'm really excited to understand and learn more about what we're doing as an organisation there, because that's traditionally sat at board level. Yep. Um, and then right now, we're, we're hiring. I mean, we, we have got to hire people. Like every organisation, we are looking to hire great people in almost every country. Um, and, you know, we've, we've started this year and actually, financially, it's, it's been a really good start to the year. Um, I think it's about just making certain that our people are, are okay yeah. and constantly making that a priority. But also, you, we desperately need to get good people in because we, we have opportunities and we need people to fulfil those. It, considering it's been a challenging time over recent times, it still feels like you've got a lot of energy, a lot of... You've been at Robert Walters 22 years. You've still got so much energy and passion for what's coming next. And, you know, it, it feels that you can... I can feel it through our screen. So, so I'm sure in person people can feel that from you. So, you know, it feels like you've got such a lot still to go for at Robert Walters for, for now and the future. Yeah, I, I, I think we, there's so much opportunity um, across the world. I mean, when I think about where we are, we're in 31 countries. Yeah. Um, we've got huge amount of opportunity in the existing countries that we're already in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there are obviously a few other geographies that we're not in, which is always a consideration. Um, but I also, I, I get energy from it. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, there's things I do as well. To, to, I mean, I, I do sort of a lot of running and stuff, and that's my thinking time, and yeah. I, I enjoy that, and that energises me. Um, but I look at, frankly, quite miserable period we've had over the last yeah. two years. And arguably, in a lot of places, things are starting to improve, and there's a bit more optimism, and vaccinations are rolling out. and. Personally, I look at that as, you know, I, I really want us to seize that opportunity because we haven't been able to do that in the last two years, really. 
And I suppose, think you know, the more I read about things from the last year, there's a lot of people have really reevaluated what matters to them, and 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 a big part of our our life is our work, um, and they've really reevaluated what kind of organisation they want to work for, culturally, um, leaders and managers, what are their kind of impact on them, um, so it feels that there's a huge opportunity to, you know within Robert Walters, within the organizations and your clients, there's probably going to be a, a shift in terms of the organizations that that are winning from a recruitment mm. to get the top talent and to, to get the best people because they go, actually, I'm really clear now who I want to work for. And what's gone before has not been, won't be acceptable to them for the future. Clearly mm. not Robert Walters, because that sounds like the a phenomenal culture, which is brilliant. But do you think that's going to happen in terms of, you know, people getting really clear now of actually it's culture now that really matters to me because of everything that I've reevaluated this year? Mm. Uh, yes, I do. And I think, yeah, we, we've obviously had some attrition like yeah. every company and speaking to actually India in particular and her, her yeah. HR team. Yeah, my question has always been the, good, the, the, leave, the people who didn't want to leave. Why? Why? Why have they left? What are the reasons around it? And also... The people that are still in our organization what are they saying what yeah. are they thinking what's good what's not so good yeah. and actually why do people stay at robert walters and, and and why do they leave and there's a number of different reasons but actually probably the biggest one is culture and and of course that's been compromised so much in the last 18 months because that fun yeah. that, that i think we're well known for a lot of that hasn't gone so people i think are stepping back and going okay so so what else is there and that that will come back and with, yeah. with this various things we're doing around that i think um i think the, the the leadership development part is another really important factor and i think there's a lot of we have a lot of relatively young and relatively experienced but hugely capable um leaders in our organization yeah. and i think i i for one have certainly had my moments and i've got 22 years experience and i've gone you know well, what are we going to do here how are we going to get through this and who do i talk to and wow this is this is hard this is really tough you know tough so i can only imagine that they're having the same feelings as well and so then it's what can we do to support them and actually it's not just as simple as a conversation with your line manager and everything's resolved often it goes a little bit deeper than that and actually i think people really understanding what they are as a leader what they want to stand for as a leader not being afraid to to say what they want to stand for as a leader, how they're going to show show up, yeah. uh, the sorts of people they're going to hire, the sorts of conversations that they need to have in the organisation, which they perhaps haven't had, and how they're going to address that. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I put that into sort of meaningful conversations with good people in our company. I think talent development has been a big factor of that. Super. And I mean, um, you know, last year alone, I mean, if I look at just the Asia Pacific, I mean, there was personal coaching for over 140 of our sort of managers, leaders in the organization. And uh, you know, I'm not saying it's the answer to everything, but I think it, it's really got people just thinking a bit more. We call that um, transformational conversations, but fundamentally it's the meaningful conversations. It's personal brand, how am I turning up at work? Who do I want to stand for? What do I want to stand for? Who am I? What's got me to be who I am today? So you've shared your brilliant story so far. You know, what, what matters to me and how can I how can I be the best leader of my team? Um, so yeah, it, it's so important. And I think the more we all share 
that the importance behind meaningful conversations for me it's about getting to know the human getting to know the full person as we talked about before about things go on outside of work it'll filter somewhere in work so actually and leadership development um is is vital and i think you know it getting that right in an organization will really impact the culture and you know the the attrition the retention so you know i I absolutely love the sound of the things that go on at Robert Walters. I mean, the fun, the the energy, the passion, the culture. It's it, it must filter through into how you work with your clients all the time. It really must make such a difference, and that's why you're a growing organisation. Yeah, and, and you know, like I say, we're, we're certainly not perfect. Far from it. You know, we we have our idiosyncrasies. I, I'm I, sure. I guess every other company, but. Uh, the other thing I always remember, somebody said something to me about a year ago, and I'd never even considered it. But when I thought about it, it made complete sense. I, I got into this unknowing habit of having a conversation, quite a sort of action-focused conversation with somebody. And at the end of it, almost as a throwaway, it was, how are you, by the way? And it, and it, I think it got received <laughs> by people as, do you really care? Or yes. you just ask? Yeah. Uh, and actually, I did care, and I do care. But... In my head, I just thought, yeah, let's get the work out the way and then we can talk about. And actually, I've made a point to try and exactly. yeah, <laughs> Flip it. Absolutely. How are you? I often find that, um, you know, once you find out how the person is, you know exactly how they're turning up to the conversation first. Because actually, if you do the tasks first and then the how are you, you might like, oh, I should have asked that first because actually that's probably just impacted what we've talked about. So, yes, the more how are you, how are you or... Um, you know, what's on your mind is another great question. I love what's on your mind and then, you know, and what else um, I think draws out a lot and, and can really impact what's going on in the, the, the work stuff. So this is my final question for today then. Um, it's advice. So you talked about advice that you'd been given earlier on from Jeremy, which sounded fabulous. What's the simplest advice that you would give to um, leaders in organisations who are wanting to have to build a, a great culture um, that would have the greatest impact. What would be the one? One? Wow. All right. Uh, okay. If you want more I than can, one, we can barter. Okay. <laughs> uh, there's probably a few. Um, be approachable. Shut up and listen. Yep. Um, I think uh, encourage people to take risks, but, but be supportive of the fact that it might not work and that's okay. Yep. But let's go for it, and uh, and yeah, obviously you, you're supporting them throughout that. It's interesting, actually. I look at some of our best people that we have in the organisation, and yeah, whether it was me or, or somebody else, many of them really needed a, a, just a conversation to say, look, come on, you, you can do this. You, you've got this, and I've got your back, and you, you're more than capable of doing it. And you know, obviously self doubt creeps in, and we all, I guess, have an element of that. And you can, I, can I really do? It? You can do it. So let's do it. Let's go for it. And uh, I think that's really powerful coming from somebody in a leadership role. Yeah. Um, obviously, the right type of people in the right types of roles. I mean, that, that goes without saying. And, yeah. Um, and I think being prepared to to take a calculated risk on good people. Yeah. And I, th I think actually we, we have done that in a number of our markets where we've We've really backed and supported somebody who, on paper, might be it might be a year too early or two years too early, but we've hopefully put them in a in a framework where they've got support around them. Their natural talent and ability has come through as well, of course, 
and they've you know they've really shone and there's some fantastic examples we've got of some really relatively inexperienced years but but very successful and getting better um i think talk to people at all levels as much as you can and uh it's that unfortunately we're not having many at the moment but it's that lift conversation isn't it, it is. you know how are you and what's going on and how are you finding things and uh, the one value i've got a huge amount from actually was doing um new starter calls every month with every new starter in the organization um and actually that was an opportunity to just say look this is kind of what we are this is what we're aiming to do and and i found that really helpful and i remember actually and sorry i won't take up too much more time but i remember having a conversation with um a guy who joined us in our japan business he was a new zealander and he was and i could tell that we were on zoom and he was in his bedroom and i said you know you, you look like you're in your bedroom and i get it don't worry yeah. i understand and he basically explained that he just landed in tokyo he was really excited to be working for robert walls in tokyo he had no recruitment experience he didn't know anyone in tokyo and i said that is that is a major challenge how are you going to deal with that yeah. anyway we had a good conversation and but it made me really realize just how much of a challenge it is for a lot of our people new people joining the organization um, and then the final thing i was going to say was um was just be honest um be truthful thank you so much for your time today you honestly you've 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 enlightened so many of us now from this conversation and um very much made me smile a lot I, the robert walters i can see why robert walters is the brilliant organization having people like yourself um it's kind of been textbooks brilliant and i know you keep telling me reminding me that you're not perfect and you've got you've got things going on but but there's so many things you've said today um i just think if i could lift and drop into other organizations that everything that you know, people talk about that are the right ways to be. You've talked about being, you know, you've talked about being real people, authentic, honest. Um, you've shared so many brilliant stories that you've brought this to life through stories. Um, and I, I absolutely can see why Robert Walters is the organization it is. And I'm, I'm very thankful and delighted that Indy recommended us to speak because she said you were the right person. Um, and I think for people wanting to work with and for Robert Walters, you know, I think, absolutely brilliant organization and you know for me you've described a coaching culture which is obviously not the name of our business but you've described it in a nutshell in terms of you know that honesty trust feedback conversation the amount of times you've used the word it's a conversation let's get more conversations um it's been an absolute pleasure thank you very much is there anything else i asked you for one thing and did get a, a, a nice long list which was great is there anything else at all you would want to share with people today who are listening? Anything at all? No, I, I don't think so, other than um, look, I think it's probably a challenge for, for a lot of us out there in, in leadership roles or, or, or not in leadership roles, yeah. really. And um, I think we've hopefully got better times ahead of us. I think there's a lot we've all probably learned over the last two years and yeah. we'll continue to do so. so. Thank you very much for having me, Joe. It's been an absolute privilege to be here and I've really enjoyed it. So thank oh, you. thanks, Toby. And again, thank you to everybody for listening today to our um, Coaching Culture podcast. If you would like to listen to any more, um, please do tune in because as you do know, coaching matters now more than ever. Thank you.